0: Oh, hello there. I didn't know you'd be there. Well, I'm Dave Rubin, and this is the Rubin Report Direct Message. Today is July 6th, 2021. Do me a favor, subscribe to our channel, tap that notification bell. Maybe, you never know, our videos will show up in your YouTube feed. Very possibly they won't, but it's worth a shot, isn't it? All right, guys, we're gonna get right to it today. We got four stories for you. First off, uh, you know this Joe Biden guy, he's the old guy who putters around and uh, holds note cards when he's talking, often is confused, doesn't know what he's saying. Uh, Well, now people are kind of picking up on that and a new poll shows that more than 50% of people don't think he's in charge, which is interesting because it's a question that I asked uh, President Trump about a week and a half ago, who's really in charge and then Trump actually went to a rally a couple days ago and then he asked the audience. The audience didn't know either. We'll show you that, we'll show you the poll. Uh, the second story, critical race theory, uh, which many would just say is an idea. If you're watching the Blue and On Conspiracy Channel over there on MSNBC, there's this um, notion out there that critical race theory sort of really doesn't exist or it's not really in schools and yet at the same time it must be taught and it is their new religion. It's very, very confusing. Uh, well, it is infecting everything, and that's why I keep saying to you guys, we must build new things. That, by the way, is exactly what I'm doing, of course, with Locals.com, but the old things are gonna crumble, And speaking of old things, the newest thing that has been now basically wholly infected by critical race theory, and we'll get into the details, uh, is the uh, teachers union, which basically is just, they're going all in. They are just, we will bring racism to your children in the name of anti-racism. So we'll dive deep on that. And then... Uh, Men in women's prisons. It's the new hottest trend and it's happening here in California. And you may remember, because we played the video during the election, Joe Biden said that it won't be up to uh, you. It won't be up to the the prison basically to decide who is gonna go into what prison. Meaning if you're a man, it won't be up to them to decide. It'll be up to you. How you identify that'll be whether you go into a, a male prison or a woman's prison. Well, it's happening here in California, and you're not gonna believe this, guys, there are rapes, there are murders and other violent attacks on women by biological men. Bananas, right? Uh, And then finally, speaking of bananas, uh, New York, once the greatest city in the world, a place that I grew up, that my grandparents lived in, my great-grandparents lived in at times. I talked about this in my book. uh, In the early 1900s, there were dozens, probably around 50 people in my family lived in New York City and in all the boroughs there. We now have one cousin left, who I'm fairly certain doesn't talk to me because of Trump derangement syndrome, but we have one family member left uh, in New York City. And why? Because crime is completely out of control and it looks like they will have a new progressive DA and he's gonna basically decriminalize everything, trespassing, looting, a whole bunch of stuff and basically turn whatever decency is left in New York City and it's hard to know what's left. They're going to try to turn it into San Francisco, and we've got videotape of San Francisco. And trust me, it's nuts. All right, let's start off with uh, with this Joe Biden guy because it's becoming fairly obvious that he is not in charge. I mean, I think everyone sort of sees it at this point. He often, when he gives these press conferences, where he has, uh, "I'm going to choose you, and uh, you're going to do this," and and he always has his notes, and he ha- everything's prepackaged, and he's always reading from a prompter. But even despite all that, he is struggling to make coherent sentences often gets completely sort of sidetracked and babbly and, and just co- sort of stares into oblivion and everything else. The scandal, as I've been saying, is the non-scandal. The scandal is not that there's something wrong with Joe Biden. That, that is a scandal of some sort, I would say, right? Like it's it's a problem, <laughs> would you say it's a problem that you know the guy that we're supposed to believe is, is the, the leader of the free world, obviously has cognitive problems? Yeah, okay, that's a scandal. But I would say the bigger scandal is the non scandal. The bigger scandal is the fact that corporate press, mainstream media, cable news, you know, all the respectable blue check journalists, that everyone's pretending they don't see this. So the scandal is actually the non scandal. The scandal is the fact that we're not really talking about the scandal. Uh, but the average person is picking up on it. So there was a new poll by Trafalgar Group. Uh, and we've got some info here from the Daily Wire. A new poll released on Monday found the majority of Americans believe that others are really running the show in President Joe Biden's administration and not Biden himself. 56.5% of American voters do not believe that President Biden is fully executing the duties of his office, while 364 believe he's directing all policy and agenda, so that's a pretty interesting poll, right? Over half of the people in America basically are saying they don't think Joe Biden is in charge. Now, this is the same exact question that I asked Donald Trump, as I said, about 10 days ago, and he sorta said he didn't know, you know, is it the Obama machine, the Hillary machine? I don't know who it is, I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on who you think it is. I think it is something like whatever is left of the Clinton machine coupled with the Obama machine, which is directly connected to all the BLM stuff and the Antifa stuff. like It's just some really weird, radical left thing, but like, who's really funding it, who's really in charge? But the simple point here is that I I just don't know how you could be a thinking person and believe that Joe Biden is in charge. He often, during his uh, ramblingly incoherent press conferences, he'll often say, oh, I better stop now or I'm gonna get in trouble. I mean, you can find many videos of this. I'm gonna get in trouble. They're not gonna be happy about this. Who is he talking about? Like really, who is he talking about? Now I get it. He could be like being a little bit kitschy, right? It's a little bit like, oh, I've said too much. I'm gonna get in trouble. And he just means it as a joke, but he repeatedly keeps saying it and it's usually not done in a joking manner. It's like, oh, I just said that. I'm gonna get in trouble. And then on top of everything else, they are giving him note cards. Imagine if Donald Trump had been walking around for four years with note cards during those insanely combative press conferences, and by the way, I don't mind insanely combative press conferences because that's sort of what's supposed to happen, right? You're supposed to have journalists who are nonpartisan, asking difficult questions of elected leaders. That's a beautiful thing. Now what we have is basically a bunch of journalists asking Joe Biden about how many scoops of ice cream he had. And of course, when Donald Trump had two scoops of ice cream, it was a big problem. Joe Biden can have as many scoops of ice cream as he wants. And I sense over the next couple of years, there's gonna be a lot more soft food in his future. But, But the point is, he walks around with notes. If Donald Trump had walked around with note cards, people would have said, you know, he has dementia or he has, you know, whatever other cognitive things, but for some reason we don't talk about it uh, with Joe Biden. And I don't know what we're gonna do about this because it's a real problem. Well, Donald Trump is now back uh, given the rallies, right? He's out there with the people and he asked the very same question while on stage the other day. In just five months, the Biden administration has launched an all out assault on everything we cherish and we value under Joe Biden and the left. I don't know if it's Joe, to be honest with you. It's somebody. Does anybody know who it is? Right? Like, that's more true. Like, who is it? Does anyone know who it is? I don't think it's tr- uh, Joe. Like, that's more true than most of the nonsense we're getting out of Joe or Pisacki or anything else. Now, I do want to just say one other thing on this, which is that I would prefer that even if I disagree with Joe Biden's policies, and I obviously do, right? And I, I think I have a pretty good track record here. I saw through the nonsense. I saw my, my good liberal friends, whatever's left of the intellectual dark web crew or whatever else it is, the, the somewhat decent lefties all saying, don't worry, Dave, Joe Biden's gonna stop the craziness. He'll stand up to the progressives, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, he actually was just a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Like he just has ushered in all of this lefty lunacy, printing money like crazy, exploding budgets, all of that stuff. It was obvious to me that he wasn't gonna be in charge. And in some ways that made him the most dangerous one because if, it would, if they had gone with someone like Bernie, it would be like, we all know it. It's like, you're a socialist, you're an old grumpy socialist, but we know what it is, we know how to fight it. Biden, it, it's much more confusing. But I do wanna be clear about this, which is that even if I disagree with Joe Biden's policies, which I obviously do, and I wish uh, perhaps that he was more of a moderate if such a thing exists anymore. Um, as the president of the United States, you know, he is the guy operating, right? Like he's the doctor and we're all the patient and he can do a lot of good and he can do a lot of bad. And I would prefer that the guy that has the instrument as they cut into our body and move some of the organs around, I would prefer that he has a steady hand. I would prefer that he has the cognitive wherewithal uh, to make the right choices and know how to operate and everything else. So when I say all this, I can joke about it in a way, but it's actually quite scary if you think about it, that this man is not in charge, we don't know who is in charge, and if he is in charge, if I'm wrong about all this, and he is in charge and there's something wrong with him, then we got an even bigger problem because he could put his finger on the button. Anyway, there will obviously be, be more about this, but, but for those of you in the mainstream media, that are watching this show. And I know you guys do watch this show. If you're on CNN or MSNBC or one of these channels, um, why don't you cover this a little bit? And, it will, and then it will be more honest. Your approach will be more honest. You don't have to run out there and say he has dementia. You don't have to run out there and say there's something deeply wrong with him or something. But you can say that there's some questions that should be asked, right? Like something doesn't seem right here. But instead what you do is by ignoring it and then the rest of us seeing the clips online Well, then it leads itself to a bunch of people not believing any of the other garbage you spew. So in many ways, you're kind of doing my job for me, but it's like, be a little bit better. Could you be a little better? And then it would be better for everybody? Or is it just too late? I suspect I know the answer. Uh, All right, let's move on to this critical race theory nonsense. So, you know, one of the things that's happening over the last couple of weeks is that finally, because I think, people like me and and people in these circles and people online, it's very similar actually to the story that I just talked about with Joe Biden, because the online people have been exposing critical race theory for its neo-racism, for the systemic racism which it wants to put into the system, for the idea that white people in essence are born guilty and are guilty over the, uh, the sins of their forefathers or, actually not even for their forefathers because no one in my family owned slaves. So why would I be guilty of what someone in my family did generations ago? I shouldn't be and it didn't even happen. So they want you to be guilty by the color of your skin. They've decided the critical race theorists and the (laughs) intersectionalityists and the wokesters, they've decided that things like being on time and working hard and empirical facts like two plus two equals for that these are uh, tools of oppression and white supremacy and everything else. Well, one of the things that's happened in the last month is as this has been more and more exposed by people online and Chris Rufo specifically, who I'm gonna get to in just a moment, uh, then suddenly the meme went out that no cr- critical race theory doesn't really exist, or it's not really what you're all saying it is, or it's just not really being put into the institutions. And it's just sort of another right wing conspiracy theory, sort of like Joe Biden has cognitive problems. Well, actually we are seeing it infect absolutely everything. So Chris Ruffo, who you guys know, who is a lawyer, he has done incredible work bringing lawsuits into a bunch of different red states, of course it's red states, to fight critical race theory in schools in that you wouldn't want children to be taught neo-racism the same way you wouldn't want children to be taught uh, Nazism, that it's good, you know what I mean? You could teach about Nazis, that's a very different thing, But Chris is doing a great job with this. He sent out this incredible tweet uh, and I'm gonna, he bulleted it out, I'm just gonna read you some of it. So breaking, the nation's largest teachers union has approved a plan to promote critical race theory in all 50 states and in 14,000 local school districts. The argument that critical race theory isn't in Kate, K through 12 schools is officially dead. The union has also approved funding for increasing the implementation of CRT in K through 12 curricula and for attacking conservative groups who oppose CRT indoctrination. The teachers union has made critical race theory its number one priority and want to implement it nationwide. According to a recent YouGov survey, 58% of Americans oppose critical race theory, including 72% of independents who believe teaching it in schools is bad for America. But the teachers union wants to double down and impose this divisive ideology on your children. The NEA represents 3 million public school employees in all 50 states. They have a $350 million annual budget and an army of operatives in 14,000 local communities. So we've got a little more info on this, but before I get to that, the key piece of this is that what we've been hearing for the last couple weeks is no, it's not really in schools. No, it doesn't really exist. Well, now we know it does. The Gateway Pundits got a little bit more. Laws banning the instruction of critical race theory tenets in public schools have passed in more than 20 states and there is reason to hope that the tide is beginning to turn in the fight for the country's history and principles. Unfortunately, the Zinn Education Project refuses to accept defeat and desires to teach American children that this country was founded upon the dispossession of Native Americans, slavery, structural racism, and oppression, as opposed to the principles of liberty enshrined in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Now the ZEP is circulating a pledge to teach the truth which identifies left-wing methods of analysis like critical race theory as the truth and decrees that the signees, all of whom are educators, refuse to be bullied into compliance with the law. So far, according to the Zinn Education Project, the pledge has been signed by more than 5,000 educators in all 50 states and many of the signees were more than happy to provide their reasons for signing. So what is happening here in effect is that roughly these 20 red states that are now passing these laws to keep systemic racism, new school pernicious racism of the left out of schools. There are now groups that are actually getting teachers to basically say, we will ignore the law and we will teach the quote unquote truth regardless. This battle ain't going anywhere. And I saw an interesting back and forth uh, between Chris Rufo and James Lindsay, who I've also had on the show many times, who's I think one of the the prime the prime purveyors of the truth when it comes to critical race theory. Uh, in essence, James Lindsay was saying that he's not hopeful, that uh, despite the fact that he has now spent the last few years of his life fighting against critical race theory in many ways more than almost anyone, that he's not very hopeful, that this thing is just coming and coming and coming and it's going to get worse and we're gonna end up in some sort of South Africa situation. Rufo tweeted back and said that he's optimistic and, and I responded and I basically said that I'm a world-weary optimist. That's the way I always describe myself. I would say I'm an optimist because how could I talk about the news? How could I talk about the things I believe in every day if I wasn't an optimist, if I didn't believe that by me communicating these ideas to you guys, that hopefully that gives you some of the tools to take the right ideas to your family and community and everything else and then, and then build a, a better world. That would make me an optimist, but I'm not just a blind-eyed optimist, right? I'm not just someone that thinks just because we say nice things or believe the right thing or fight for the truth that magically these things um, grow, like I just don't believe that. So I would say I'm world weary in that regard, I'm I'm a realist. And my argument to them in effect was, well, look, as a world weary optimist, I don't think we can stop it, but I think we can actually basically inoculate the the, the new converts, right? Like the new people who are about to be brainwashed, we can do something to save them. But this thing's here, these diversity and inclusion Uh, programs that are in so many of the Fortune 500 companies that are most likely in the companies you work for or the schools that you're sending your kids to or whatever it might be, they're here. Those things are now infected and cannot be saved. I really believe that. Because even if they were to be saved, the damage that would happen in, in terms of saving them, like how can you have an organization that believes that it's racist and is going to hire based on skin color and gender and all of these things, how can it reverse that? Oh, sorry, we got that wrong. We're actually gonna start hiring based on skill and passion and you know education and the rest of it. You can't reverse it. So the only thing that we can do is build new things. And this is what I was talking about on the show yesterday. In essence, we, we really need a parallel economy and in some ways we need a parallel country. That is not a call for America to split up. It is not a call for a civil war. But all of us that that don't believe in this nonsense, that don't believe in this neo-racism, that, that want to, uh, further the the ideals that America was founded on, which are worthy ideals to continue to push forward for for more equality wherever equality doesn't exist, not equity, equality. um, I think we need to build new things and that's why when I started Locals, I made it very clear to my entire team, we will never hire based on the color of skin, we will never hire based on your genitals or on your gender. Or a gender identity, or any of these ridiculous things. And by the way, if you want to work for us, locals.com slash jobs, move down to Miami, and we're looking for great people who are actually hardworking, and I don't care what uh, skin color you are. I know that's called racist, but you know, I'm old school. What can I tell you? Anyway, this story isn't going anywhere. We'll, we'll keep fighting it. Uh, but speaking of stories that aren't going anywhere, you know, the trans stuff, which we end up having to spend so much time talking about because it's it's so. I would say, um, nefarious in the way it's put its tentacles into everything. So I'll give you the stupid disclaimer just to start. If you're trans and you're an adult, I don't care how you live, I don't care what you wear, I don't care who you marry, I don't care any of that stuff, I don't care what bathroom you go to, blah, blah, blah. That being said, I don't think young children should transition and chop off their genitals or do any other things like that. You can watch my interview with Abigail Schreier if you want some more, interview, uh, some more information on that. And I also think that um, you still have to go to, if you're going to jail, you gotta go to the jail that's your biological jail. Sort of like if you're playing sports, you gotta play with the people who are biologically the same as you. That's just how it is. Uh, thanks for the numbers here. Point six. Uh, percent of US adults identify as transgender. So I really want you to think about how much time the transgender argument takes up when less than 1%, basically a half of 1% of people identify as transgender. That isn't to say we should uh, treat those people poorly. I don't want laws against these people and I want them to find love and happiness and fulfillment and purpose and all of those things, but we shouldn't break the entire system in honor of that. Well, that seems to be what we're doing, uh, especially here in California. We've got some info from Yahoo News. A California law allowing transgender inmates to pick the prison gender of their choice has come under fire from a women's rights group citing abuse of females by men. In a letter to evil governor Gavin Newsom, I edit evil, The Women's Liberation Front accused the state of violating the constitutional rights of incarcerated women by allowing men into their living quarters to prey on women. Since the law took effect on January 1st, WLF has received numerous complaints of assaulted, abused and traumatized women at the hands of male inmates transferred into their prisons, Wolf Legal Director Lauren Adams said. So let's just be clear about what's happening here. Instead of sending people to the prison that matches their biological sex, okay? We are now allowing men, because this is where it's happening. It's not happening with a lot of women that transition to men to go into the men's prison, right? That's not gonna end well. We all know that wouldn't end well. So what's happening is biological men who either are trans or are perhaps psychologically confused, or are pretending, I don't know, we don't know. These people are criminals and probably have a series of other problems and drug use and everything else, but I'm not even trying to make it about that. Let's just say you're a trans guy, you're a man who's living as a woman. Okay, that's just fine, but now we're gonna put you in women's prison and then what happens? Violent assaults, rapes, All of these things, we know these things are happening. And again, why isn't it happening the other way? Where where there aren't women who are trans men going into the men's prison and beating the crap out of men, right? Like that's strange how it never happens that way, right? There aren't an awful lot of girls who transition to boys and then crush all the boys in wrestling. Very odd, very odd. Uh, But this shouldn't surprise anybody because Intersectionality has made everyone stupid. It has made everyone absolutely stupid. And this is what wokeism does to everything. So during the election, you may remember this moment, Biden was speaking at some big gay event and just listen to what he said. Yes, and by the way, in prison, in prison, the determination should be that your sexual identity is defined by what you say it is, not what in fact the prison says it is. Really think how stupid and dangerous and pandering and nonsensical that is. But that's, let's be clear, that was the man who was to become the president of the United States, who may or may not actually be the one in charge, basically saying that what we're doing here in California is the right thing to do, that you get arrested. Let's say you, I don't know, let's just say you're a serial rapist, you know? Serial rapist, you raped a couple women, you know, you put on a dress and then You go and they're going to sentence you and they say, actually, you know, you've got lifetime in jail because you raped. Maybe you killed a bunch of women. You know, you did some bad stuff. And then you go, oh, well, you know, um, it's not what's, you know, my biological sex. It's not what's on my identification. It's not because I have the genitals of a man. Uh, I'm a woman and I want to go to the women's prison. Well, by Joe Biden and by Gavin Newsom and the other ridiculous people who run the silly Banana Republic of California, you we're gonna send that guy to a woman's prison. You think we got a problem here? And you see how these stories are connected, like this is directly connected to just destroying logic and reason, which is exactly what critical race theory is. So that's what intersectionality is. It's linking together these opposed oppressions and within that link, it then will destroy the teachers' unions, it will destroy our prisons. And by the way, once you destroy teachers' unions, and then, you dest- you know, in effect, you're destroying our children's ability to learn, and then you destroy the prisons, our ability to rehabilitate people. Uh, what, what, what are you left with with the society? And none of that should surprise you because I'll link it back to another story we did yesterday, which is how the Democrats were completely unable to praise America on July 4th. And we've got people like, You know, Congresswoman Cori Bush and Congresswoman Maxine Waters and Congresswoman AOC, where they just basically couldn't say anything good about America on July 4th. These people don't think America is good, so they would gladly have our schools go down and all our systems go down and burn the whole thing down. So we have work to do. Allow me to take a sip of coffee. So as these things continue to crumble in conjunction with each other, New York, the state where I was born. I was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1976. Brooklyn when it was still cool, not Brooklyn when it was you know hipster, uh, doofus Brooklyn. I was in Brooklyn when it was cool. I grew up in Long Island. I went to SUNY Binghamton State University of New York at Binghamton, one of the best state schools in New York. I lived in Manhattan for most of my adult life. And then in 2013, I moved out to crazy California. So I am a true, New Yorker, I love New York City. As I said in the intro, I I would spend weekends uh, visiting my grandparents and my great-grandparents in New York City. My great-grandparents had an amazing apartment on Central Park West overlooking the park, My, my family, We've really screwed up a real estate thing, didn't buy it when they passed away, and now it's long gone, although who knows what it's worth now and who would wanna live in New York City anyway. But the point is, I love New York City. Like, I love the Upper West Side. I love the people, the subways, the smells, all the craziness, the pizza, the bagels, the whole thing. Well, New York City is now absolutely crumbling, and we should thank Marxist Mayor Bill de Blasio, and of course, we're gonna have a new DA who's gonna make it much, much worse. Uh, We've got some quotes here from the New York Post. Alvin Bragg appears to have won the Democratic primary election for Manhattan District Attorney, making him the presumptive new leader of one of the most powerful prosecutor's offices in the nation. Amid surging violence in Gotham, Manhattanites should be hoping that Bragg takes crime seriously. Although his biography is impressive, his proposals give reason to worry. Digging further into his plans reveals some truly radical proposals. First, Bragg will immediately begin de prosecuting certain offenses, refusing to punish violations of duly enacted criminal laws. These include resisting arrest, trespassing, fare evasion, marijuana possession, driving with a suspended license, and any traffic violation. For those offenses that are prosecuted, Bragg announced plans to allow just about every offender to walk free the same day. Uh, Michael, can you go back there so I can see all the full list of the things that he's gonna decriminalize? So in essence, what he's doing as district attorney. And by the way, this is what Chesa Bodin, the ridiculous uh, district attorney of San Francisco is doing. Uh, this is what George Gascon, our moronic uh, district attorney here in Los Angeles is doing, who was the DA in San Francisco. So they, they spread like cockroaches. That's what these people do. We destroy one city and then we move to another, much like the aliens in Independence Day, right? They're not here to negotiate, we're just here to destroy you. So the sum of the things that they will not be arresting people Four, resisting arrest. That seems like a problem if you're doing something. you're Let's say you're breaking into a store. Now you're allowed to resist arrest, meaning they're not gonna prosecute you for it. So I guess you'll get arrested, but then you're just gonna be let off. Trespassing. Oh, so you could just hop a fence, go into anyone's house, go into anyone's building, or that's okay. Fair evasion. Well, then why would anyone pay fair? This is what they do. They, these things, all they think these things sound nice. Oh, we're just not gonna you know, get people in trouble for these petty crimes. Well, then really what you're doing is you're punishing law-abiding citizens. Why should law-abiding citizens pay the 275 or whatever it is to swipe your New York City subway card if you can just hop the thing and no one's gonna do anything? Marijuana possession. Well, I'm not totally clear what the law is actually right now in New York City related to buying marijuana. Maybe we can get some info on that. Um, but again, if it's illegal, then you can't do it, right? Like, we can have a discussion about whether it should be legal or not. I'd be for legalizing marijuana, but again, you can't, if you're just just allowed to break certain laws, then we really don't have laws. Driving with a suspended license, okay, so, you know, sure, you plowed your car into a group of 20 people and got your license suspended. Do it again, and for any traffic violation. Well, then why stop at red lights, right? Like, everyone will do whatever they want, Uh, Oh, here's some more information on the marijuana situation. This is New York City. In New York City, age 21 and over are allowed to possess up to three ounces of cannabis or uh, 0.85 ounces of concentrated cannabis. Public smoking of cannabis is allowed wherever cigarette smoking is permissible. That's actually kind of funny because in New York City, cigarette smoking is not permissible anywhere. They actually outlawed it even downstairs, outside buildings because people would be basically, you know, all the people from these massive buildings in Midtown, all the smokers would just be downstairs smoking all day. So everywhere you'd walk in Midtown would you just walk through a giant plume of smoke. Uh, Anyway, if you don't think that doing these things is ridiculous and basically making crime legal, which is what these people are doing, and by the way, I think Chesa Bodine in San Francisco and George Gascon here in LA, uh, I think they are both gonna get recalled and then they should actually have to deal with the law because I don't think, and I would need to speak to a legal expert on this, but I've heard enough about this, that as a DA, you're supposed to, do what the law dictates, right? You don't get to decide, really. This is is a trick that the progressives have done, that we can, oh, we can bring in a district attorney who can just decide when and if we're gonna prosecute crimes. So I think these guys could be in legal trouble themselves. You know, We have laws, laws exist, and if laws are to exist, and we're a nation of laws, and there is right, and there is wrong, and there's legal and illegal, well, then we have to enforce those things. So these guys could be in a lot of trouble. But if you don't think that these policies are making things worse. Well, I could show you roughly a hundred thousand videos of awful things happening in San Francisco. This one's from this morning, and you really got to watch this whole thing. This is a clown car of robbers breaking into Neiman Marcus. Smile. Man, they're gonna try. They're gonna get Michael. They're gonna come back and get you. It's nice. They can do anything. Oh. Shit. Why? Are they gonna get to get Freaking white supremacists. It just never stops with these people. Now think about that. Neiman Marcus. Have you ever been to Neiman Marcus? It's an upscale uh, shopping center, okay? It's an upscale department store. It's sort of like a Nordstrom or a Bloomingdale's. They've got expenses expensive stuff there. You're not allowed to just walk into a store and take stuff. I was actually at Nordstrom last week. I thought I was gonna get some new sneakers for my birthday party. Didn't see anything I liked. But had I seen one that I liked, I wouldn't have been allowed, or I shouldn't have been allowed, I should say, to just walk up to the sneaker, take it and run out of the store. But in essence, when you have district attorneys that say, we will not prosecute these things, these petty thefts, you know, thefts under $800. Well, then in essence, you're saying to these people, to these kids, these misguided kids, go ahead, do whatever you want. And then what you will watch is a city collapse. And San Francisco is collapsing, by the way. Uh, According to the Washington Examiner just this morning, almost half of San Francisco residents are planning on moving out of the city due to rising crime. Really think about that. Half the people in what was one of the great cities of America. I mean, San Francisco, you know, I joke about it all the time, but the first time I was in San Francisco, about 10 years ago, it was the first time I had ever gone to another city and thought, boy, I could really live in this city. I thought the people were great. I thought the food was great. The geography was kind of cool. The Full House house was there. I was into it. It's an abject disaster. The last time I, the last, I'll tell you the last two times I was in San Francisco, a couple of years back, I was in San Francisco. I had done an event uh, with Candace Owens and we went out to eat to um, Morton's Steakhouse, which I don't know what street it's on in San Francisco, you guys could Google it. But like a perfectly nice street, and Morton's is a you know a well-known established steak joint. Like we weren't we weren't you know in the downtown in Skid Row, and uh, our car got broken into while it was parked right outside the restaurant. And I took a picture. Some of you I'm sure saw this on social media. I took a picture and video of the broken glass everywhere and our car broken into, and they had stole my bag and it had my notebooks and I I think my iPad was in there and a bunch of other stuff. Um, And I posted the picture and the video and I got literally thousands of responses on on Twitter, basically people saying what kind of idiot leaves a bag in their car in San Francisco. And then I did some Googling after and it is a fact. The amount of break-ins, just people just literally just throw a rock through a window or they punch through a window, whatever it is, of a car, they steal the stuff. People don't park on the streets in San Francisco anymore. Okay, so that's what's going on in San Francisco. And then the last time I was in San Francisco was like two days before lockdown. Uh, So that was, you know, about a year and a half ago at this point. And uh, we were in San Francisco because we were raising funds for locals and I was going to all the VC things and it was a very weird time because people were freaking out and the masks were just starting in gloves. And also the economy was tanking. It was, the, it was literally the day that the, uh, that the economy tanked, that the market just crashed and we still were able to actually raise a little money. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, but- I saw several people shooting up drugs on the street, the amount of homeless encampments everywhere. I mean, it's craziness. So if you think that deregulating crime is is good, go to those cities. Move to those cities, see what's happening. And it's the same thing when when you see not only deregulating crime, we know what's happening in terms of murder in all these cities. Murder is a crime, by the way, uh, but that's related to gun laws, right? Like you think, oh, we're gonna have the strictest gun laws and then people will stop shooting people. 91, was it 91? 91 people, if I'm not mistaken, were shot in Chicago this past weekend. I think eight were killed. Those were the last numbers that I had. But don't tell that to Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot because she'll just call you a racist. Anyway, guys, we got work to do. I'm in the mood to do some work. Are you? Join me. Uh, 100 shot, 18 fatally. Sorry, I underdid that. My 91 shot. And what I say eight dead, no, it was a 100 people were shot in Chicago this past weekend, 18 fatally. Happy 4th of July to people in Chicago. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Guys, my interview with JD Vance is coming out tomorrow. We're doing that this afternoon, so part one will be up tomorrow. And I'm talking to people and interacting with people, and I'm doing it bot and troll-free all day long over at rubinreport.locals.com. Hope to see you there, and you can get all our videos ad free. And now we've got live streaming there and a whole bunch of other stuff. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow. See ya. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.